Oh, it's Ken Cotton! That's what it's called, pantophobia. Not fear of pants, though, if that's what you're thinking. It's fear of everything. My friend leaned over to me and said, Your lip is bleeding. It was. Hello, Jeff Wagg from the College of Curiosity here. This time on Pantophobia, we have a person whose anxiety prevents them from even talking to us. So instead, she wrote down her experience and her difficulties doing something some of us do every day. Let's have a listen. I knew I was in trouble when my friend leaned over to me and said, Your lip is bleeding. It was. My lip was bleeding because I was biting it so hard in an attempt to stay focused during a panic attack. This was very important as I was having the panic attack while stuck in traffic on the Chesapeake Bay Bridge. I had grown up being driven over this bridge. My grandparents lived in the small eastern shore town of Nanticoke, Maryland. I had learned from a young age that there were times you avoided the bridge. A family joke to this day is saying, Boy, look at this Bay Bridge traffic, if there is a small backup anywhere. I had just never driven over the bridge myself. My first time driving the bridge, at the age of 16 with a brand new driver's license, I had made the mistake of driving on a Friday afternoon. The bridge was bumper-to-bumper cars. The traffic had come to a complete standstill as I was going up the very steep incline of the bridge. I was reminded of a roller coaster, that first slow up, 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 before that first dip down. The next thing I was reminded of was that I was a new driver and not very good with a stick. Many new drivers worry about being stuck with a stick shift on a hill. I was stuck in traffic on a steep bridge high over the Chesapeake Bay. Then I noticed, or thought I noticed, my foot slipping. I was wearing flip-flops. My feet seemed to want to fall out of the flip-flops. I then began to feel dizzy. I realized I was forgetting to breathe. My brain became focused on breathing. Surely I shouldn't have to think about breathing. An overwhelming fear of fainting came over me. I was going to faint and the clutch would slip and everyone was going to die. I couldn't hear the cars beeping around me, just simply bored and stuck in traffic. I couldn't even see my friend as tunnel vision took over. The only way I could keep from fainting was to bite my lip and remind myself to breathe. It became a horrible effort. I wondered if I'd ever be able to breathe again without thinking about it. My foot, if only I could get that flip-flop off, I could feel the break in the clutch. I was afraid of not moving. I was afraid of traffic moving. I was just afraid. I could feel blood dripping from my lip to my chin, and even drip down onto the front of my shirt. My friend said she was speaking to me, but I couldn't hear her after her remark about my bleeding. She sensed enough to know to not touch me. Finally, at some point, possibly only a few minutes, the traffic moved again and I was able to get the car over the peak of the bridge. As soon as I could see the downhill path, 
and the end of the bridge, I was fine. A huge weight was lifted. I was going downhill. I could see the end. The roller coaster feeling lifted, and my friend turned to me and said, I didn't know you were afraid of driving on bridges. I looked at her and replied, neither did I. The problem was that first situation made me afraid of driving on all steep bridges. It was the going up that always terrified me. I'd like to be clear here, I'm not afraid of driving on bridges. I'm afraid of having a panic attack on a bridge. I'm intelligent enough to know I can handle driving over a bridge. A panic attack, though, is something I can't handle. In my childhood, there was only one bridge, and traffic backups were common. Never once as a child did I feel afraid being driven over the bridge. I also had heard you could pay someone to drive you over if you were afraid of bridges. This was something to laugh about. Later, I happily paid someone $25 to drive my car over the bridge. Both ways was $50. And at the time, I was a poor student. But I could not risk having a panic attack on the bridge. If there was someone else in the car with me, I would always switch places and they would drive the bridge. Often friends suggested I just go for it and overcome my fear. The problem was, with most panic attacks, you can take some medication. You can also just endure the attack and come out knowing you didn't die. Driving across a bridge means you have to be alert. You can't just survive the attack. You can't have the attack at all. Bridges weren't much of a problem after I was married, as my husband would drive. The Tappan Zee Bridge was a piece of cake as long as he was driving. Avoidance was my cure. My daughter was in graduate school at Woods Hole on Cape Cod when I discovered my bridge phobia was going to be a big problem. She had a beautiful small apartment right in Woods Hole. It came with access to a private beach. My daughter enjoyed having me come visit and I enjoyed visiting her. But the first time I drove by myself, I had to cross a very tall bridge. I had not imagined this bridge would be a problem, as it wasn't very long. I had imagined incorrectly. There was traffic, the car was stopped, and the panic set in. I was driving a stick shift and suddenly I was back on the Bay Bridge. The steep upward side was no place for me to be. I forgot how to breathe again. My lip was bitten hard just to keep me focused. I turned on the AC full blast to my face. I lost my hearing. Tunnel vision was taking over. Then the traffic moved. As soon as I went over the crest, I was fine. I was not really fine. I wanted to go visit my daughter. She was going to be there for years studying. If I didn't somehow learn to control this fear of having a panic attack, and it was a real fear and danger, I was going to miss seeing my daughter. It was the motivation to see my daughter that made me finally try to get a handle on this phobia. I asked friends on an online forum how I could get over that bridge. A few of them said that they had been on that same bridge and pointed out it was really steep and scary. No one had any really good advice, but a friend online that's a psychology teacher pointed out that cognitive therapy could probably help. I pointed out that I needed a quick cure, coping method, anything so I could get over that bridge. So the suggestion that worked for me, at least for this small but steep bridge, was anger. The friend online pointed out you can't feel two emotions at once. 
It's impossible. So, if I could get angry, really angry, I wouldn't feel the panic and anxiety. Anger was suggested, as it can be felt fairly easily. I decided my daughter was worth trying the suggestion. The next weekend, I actually pulled over before the bridge and looked at it. At first, I was terrified. Then I put on some thumping, powerful music. If I remember, it was a Led Zeppelin CD. Then I proceeded to get angry at the bridge. I used profanity. This was suggested. Cursing is very powerful. I called the bridge more than one bad name. I told the bridge it was not keeping me from Cape Cod. I cursed the idiot that made the canal, which meant I needed to drive on that bridge. I got very worked up. Then I drove over the bridge. Each time I felt a hint of panic, I began to curse louder. I had the AC turned up and blowing on me. I had music blaring, and I screamed, God damn it, no, when the first whiff of panic entered my brain. I got over the bridge. It was the method I used every time I drove over that bridge. Now, will this work on a longer bridge? I don't think so. It's very difficult to keep up that level of anger for very long. It's also probably not much safer than having a panic attack. If I ever have to drive a long and steep bridge, I'm going to keep hiring people to drive my car over for me. I'm not sure why my heart races and I forget how to breathe whenever I cross a steep bridge. I just know that fear of having such a feeling keeps me from even contemplating driving myself across a bridge. And if I Google steep bridge, I begin to get a tight feeling in my chest. I can't even look at a photo of a steep bridge. Forcing one emotion to replace another can be an effective technique in dealing with anxiety. But as our reporter points out, the replacement emotion often isn't much better than the anxiety it's trying to replace. Are there other methods of dealing with gephyrophobia? According to the folks at Binaural Beat Brainwave Subliminal Systems, listening to this will help you conquer bridges. Oddly, it's meant to be played while you're not driving, and sadly, the effectiveness of binaural beats has not been proven. Umar Hamid is a self-proclaimed expert at changing behavior, and he claims to be able to help you with neuro-linguistic programming, or NLP. It's based on the principle that words can change or program your brain to respond differently. While he reports great success with this, the one YouTube comment on his bridge video reads in part, I live in Ireland. I have a fear of crossing bridges. I had a session with one of the best NLP specialists in Ireland. She said one hour and you will be a free man. I can say one word on this whole NLP technique. Bullshit. And again, testing has shown NLP to be largely a pseudoscience. Julie Zomers claims to be able to tap away bridge anxiety. While you listen to her, she's rapidly touching herself on her head, hands, lips, and chin in the hope of tapping away bridge anxiety. Even though I have to drive over a bridge, 
I deeply and completely accept myself anyway. I never used to be like this. I love and accept myself anyway. Even though I'm really scared about driving over that bridge because I just feel like I'm going to go completely crazy. Is it effective? Feel free to give it a try and report back to us. There are, of course, the traditional talk therapies available to you. We mention cognitive behavioral therapy as being useful for all sorts of anxieties. Medications are also useful, but they may not be advisable for people driving. However, there is one surefire way to get across a bridge with even the most crippling fear. BBC World News had this report in 2013. We escort you and your vehicle over the Bay Bridge, whether you have a fear or um, if you have seeing problems like depth perception or anything like that. If, you, if there's any reason you cannot cross the bridge by yourself, we're here for you. I use them twice a day, you know, going to work and then coming home. It just seems, you know, just as easy and, you know, a lot safer just to have somebody else do it. Depending on traffic, it can take anywhere from six minutes to an hour. <laughs> We could drive anywhere between 10 to 30 people a day. Some people are extremely nervous and will talk about anything but the bridge. Other people, all they want to talk about is the bridge and what's been going on with it, like the maintenance and recent accidents and breakdowns. Um, but most of the time we just talk about what their plans are for the day to keep them calm. They're completely relieved once they get to the other side. They're, they're, they just got over their fear. It's, it's in the past now. The trip was wonderful. I feel safe and happy. So there you have it. If you're motivated, there's no bridge that can stop you. Thanks for listening, and thanks especially to our anonymous reporter and to Erin Riley and Julie Lynn for reading her story to us. Pantophobia is a production of the College of Curiosity. You can find us on Facebook and at collegeofcuriosity.com. It's been a bad day. The dog was sick in the night, so you had to get up every couple of hours to clean up after him. This morning, you flushed the toilet and it backed up in the shower. While you were using the few Polish phrases you know to convince the plumber not to dig up your yard with a backhoe, the dog recovered enough to escape down the street, where he both bit the neighbor's child and impregnated the neighbor's dog. While you were attempting to avoid litigation at your neighbor's house, the delivery man didn't find you at home. So he left you a note saying that he would not be dropping off that package, the one that has the birthday gift you need to surprise your brother with tomorrow. On a day like this, you need one person, Tammy Slish. Only Tammy provides that unique combination of partnership, compassion, and plumbing skill that can make a day like this survivable. If you haven't talked to Tammy Slish today, your day is a bleak wasteland of stress and dog vomit. Please, do yourself a favor. Call Tammy today.